This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, welcome in Stinkin' Truth Podcast alongside uh, Mike Evans. I am Mark Schler. Thank you guys so much for uh, being part of the show. We appreciate you. Make sure you uh, like us, uh, send us a comment, tell us what you want to talk about, uh, subscribe, all that kind of stuff. Whatever it is that you do, do that. Mike, how are you, buddy? I'm good. I'm probably going to be looking at my phone a lot throughout the course of this just to see if there's any more breaking news that we have to respond to. I I love how free agency doesn't actually start till Wednesday, but it started on Monday because there's a tampering thing. Right. All the contracts are agreed to. They just haven't been signed yet. And like, so at what time did free agency really start? Because all of a sudden, whenever the opportunity to sign guys or to announce deals on Monday, whatever time it was like Monday at 10 o'clock. And then all of a sudden this whole slew of deals gets announced like did they just start working on it at 959 right like, what, right like that's it's such a bunch of baloney yeah they've, so, they've been working, so this had to go back to last week right easily easily so the so the real tampering period you already broke you opened up the tampering period because you needed a tampering period because teams kept doing things illegally so you open up the tampering period and then what there's basically a new tampering period that's not talked about right because I don't know how it works. It doesn't matter. It's beautiful, though. It's it, be- is. Be- it's, it is. It's beautiful chaos is, is what it is. But before we even had free agency, yeah, we had the big trade with mm-hmm. the Bears trading that number one pick. Carolina moves up, and the, the Bears get a haul. They, they really right. do. And if, if you are somebody that believes in Justin Fields— then, man, the Bears are set up to make a meteoric jump, aren't they? Well, I mean, on paper, and and I always say this, if the games were played on paper, I would have spent a lot less time on an operating table. So, on paper, the Bears win. And good for the Bears, because I, I think, like, I think Justin Fields is interesting. First and foremost, you cannot argue his athleticism. He's a freak show, right? And then... You look at that coaching staff and finding a way to put him in a position to accentuate his strengths and mitigate some of his weaknesses. I did a game early in the season between the Bears and the Bears in Minnesota. Minnesota came back in the last drive and won that game, but the Bears actually played pretty well, and, and Fields played pretty well. And studying Fields early in the season, the first four games of the season or so, before I called that game, I think it was like week five, I described him on the broadcast this way. It's like my golf game, right? I will shank four or five drives and think, what the hell is going on? I'm awful. And then I pipe one, 325, right down the center. Beautiful. I mean, just this gorgeous. And I'm like, yeah, I figured it out. And that is that was Justin Fields early in, in the season. It would be three or four just god-awful throws, like, you're like, oh, dude, this guy is not a quarterback. And then all of a sudden, he would just, you know, might throw a dime piece that was unbelievable. And he had that capability. And then I did a game of him later in the season. Um, it was like with five games left in the season against the Green Bay Packers at home in Chicago. 
and watching that film leading up to that, watching what they had done as an offense and his progression, he had gotten so much better. And now all of a sudden you add in a legit number one receiver, which Chicago never seems to have, a legit number one receiver in D.J. Moore. And let me tell you, for people who don't know D.J. Moore, because you don't pay attention because it's the Carolina Panthers, nobody pays attention to them. Um, And no offense to Carolina, I feel like the obligatory no offense, but let me offend you. (laughs) Nobody cares about Carolina. Like They just don't. Oh, that's not insulting at all. No, no, no. But, I mean, you know, like – they don't. Even when they were winning a lot and had Cam Newton, it still wasn't something that drove the marketplace. We know what drives the marketplace. Hey, you can hate the Dallas Cowboys all you want. You either love them or you hate them, but they drive ratings. And so there's a reason they're always one of the top-rated teams in football. When you put them on Sunday, people just flock to the to the television sets. Same with the Green Bay Packers, the Pittsburgh Steelers, you know, those teams. Carolina's not one of those teams. But D.J. Moore quietly puts up 1,200 yards a season every year with, you know, average offense and average quarterback play. So th- they got a legit big-time number one. Mooney, the other kid, is a really good receiver. And they got the kid from Pittsburgh Chase last Claypool. year. Chase Claypool. Good tight ends. They've got some tight ends. Now they've got to fix their offensive line. And I always believe you don't build a team from the outside in. You build it from the inside out. And that remains to be seen because you know this as well as I do. If you can't protect your quarterback, I don't care how good your receivers are. Still, it, it, for Fields, it comes down to this. And he's... He wouldn't be the first quarterback. Plenty of quarterbacks who came into the league as running quarterbacks had to prove that they could become able to to just win from the pocket, dominate right. from the pocket. I mean, you can go back as far as, as Steve Young, um, Cam Newton. We talk about him. Russell Wilson had to sure. do that. Jalen Hurts just did it. Lamar Jackson. Let's not kid ourselves. The reason why he's not getting the contract that he wants is because the Ravens have serious doubts about his ability to become that kind of quarterback. Mm. So are you confident that Fields will become a quarterback that can win consistently from the pocket? See, I Because that's what it all comes right. down to. I think, but I but does it I think it, it still does. I think it still does. So you don't think you don't think teams are willing to trade this meteoric kind of eight seven to eight year run at the quarterback position like they've done at other positions and go, okay, you know, we'll give him his second contract, but we're not giving him his third contract. Mm -hmm. And we're saying, let's run him into the ground. And then when injuries start to happen, as they will, then we'll move on. Is the goal to ultimately win a Super Bowl? That's the goal. Show me the running quarterbacks. Well, you don't. At at this particular point in time, you don't have one. You can't. Yeah. You, so, you don't. And and like again, it, it depends on on what you're what you're looking at from a franchise standpoint. Because let's face it, the amalgamation it's a big word, people. Amalgamation. The amalgamation of this collegiate style of RPO offense with what is traditional in the National Football League is here to stay. Yeah. And the quarterbacks that, that are being developed in the college game are no longer, like, how many schools are, are playing a real, you know, a real kind of pro-style, like, drop-back offense? They're just not doing that. So I, I would tell you that I would tell you that the odds are is those are the quarterbacks you're, you're going to get. So they're going to be more and more of those guys that – become prominent in the National Football League, and eventually you're going to get that that kind of 
run slash RPO slash dropback slash mixture quarterback, that collegiate style of quarterback that is going to come in and, and eventually will win championships. That, that it, it seems to, that that's the trajectory. So the bottom line is it's the old saying, I've seen a lot of, you know, good young running quarterbacks. I've never seen a good old running quarterback. Like you just have to start to realize that, all right, if we're going to run this style of offense, what's the shelf life of our quarterback? Where, you know, we've just witnessed Ben Roethlisberger and we've witnessed, you know, Tom Brady and we've witnessed Drew Brees playing in their 40s and all these quarterbacks that are playing, you know, uh, I mean, Philip Rivers just mentioned that he'd like to come back. That's what happens when you have nine kids and you go home for a year. You're like, holy, like, oh, gee. I got to find, I got to get out of the house. (laughs) Right. But I I do agree with this, and and I will meet you halfway. I do think you are going to see more and more teams sort of shelve the idea of, hey, we got to find our guy for the next 15 years. That'll be more along the lines of, all right, let's, let's see if we can find a quarterback that is really athletic can run, can make plays, is exciting. Mm-hmm. Maybe along the way we can really convert him into a, a really good right. pocket passer. And if we only have him because of the short shelf life of the style he plays for six, seven years, six, seven years is an eternity in today's NFL. So maybe that's the trade-off that teams will make. Yeah, I think that you look at the way teams just kind of look at uh, at windows, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, we draft him as a rookie. We play him. We get him up to speed. All of a sudden, year three, we expect him to be able to kind of to be able to kind of do both, right? Very much like Jalen Hurts, who was right. you know great right. running quarterback, but also developed into a really mm-hmm. good passing quarterback this year. And they put him, you know, a lot of weapons. They've got the best offensive line in football, so they they took a lot of pressure off of that guy. And yeah, they still have another well another year. I guess this will be because he was a second rounder, so this will be his fourth year, correct? So you know they're going to have to sign him to a long term deal, or they're going to have to make a decision on him. But again, that's your second contract, right? And now you still have that window to win a championship, and then you got to figure out what's you know what's next. So, but you still can do that this year as well if you don't sign him to a long term deal. What's next for Jimmy Garoppolo? His journey continues. He's reunited with Josh McDaniels with right. the Raiders. On the surface, it it seems like a really good marriage. Yeah. Again, not to not to offend Giant fans. All right. And I know Jimmy Garoppolo has had some injury issues. But really, Jimmy Garoppolo at what did he sign? Like twenty three million dollars a year, or Daniel Jones at forty million dollars a year? Well, Jones can run though. Jones Jones a mobile. He could beat you with his legs, too. Ain't no question. But he threw 15 touchdown passes last year. Yeah. And plus, you got Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, supermodel. <laughs> Daniel Jones, not supermodel. <laughs> so. Right. <laughs> I did send. I did send. You got you to share, share that story. Jimmy share Garoppolo that story. This is a true story, folks. I just, I just sent him a text. I don't know that I'll hear back from Jimmy. Because Jimmy is not great on his cell phone, but here's my text to Jimmy Garoppolo. Hey, congrats on signing in Vegas. Uh, if you'd like to make some extra cash dancing, I know the folks at Thunder Down Under. <laughs> he hasn't responded. Not yet. No. Not because he won't. I'm sure if he sees it, so it, he'll it, respond. Like, but, no, 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 no. He'll see it, and he'll laugh because he knows I'm an idiot. And he'll laugh, and then he'll just like, okay. You know, moving on. Do, 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 do. It's, he's Jimmy Garoppolo. Not a care in the world. But but 
Jimmy, here's the he's he's the big tease. He's the ultimate tease because when he's healthy, his team wins. Dude, he's like in his career, he's like forty and seventeen or something. I mean, something crazy. But he gets hurt a lot. He does get hurt a lot. So what right. do you how, how do you handle that trade off? Well, I mean, obviously, you've got Josh Jacobs, right? So you're trying to protect the guy. You're trying to run the football. You're trying to keep him out of harm's way. You're trying to give him opportunities in the play-action game and all the things that they do uh, under Josh McDaniels. And Josh McDaniels, let's face it, like you can say whatever you want as Josh McDaniels as a head coach, but as an offensive guy, I mean, Josh McDaniels is legit. And, I mean, Brady was able to stay healthy all those years. I Like, Jimmy just seems snake bit. You know, it's always mm-hmm. something. It was ACL. It's a foot injury. It's this. It's that. It's the other. Um, but boy, I tell you what, the guy can flat spin it. He can play. Um, he like he just finds ways to win. And then you look at them offensively with the weapons they have. I mean, there's nothing wrong with Devonte Adams' skills. That guy's as good as it gets in this league. Uh, Waller at the tight end position. Renfro at the slot receiver position. Like. They have got some talent. Now, offensive line-wise, there are there question marks there? But again, by the time you run the ball and you do all those things, like you take a lot of pressure off your quarterback in those situations. So I love, I love the move of Jimmy Garoppolo going to going to the Raiders. How how do you feel about free agency? We make a big deal of free agency and the teams that win free agency. As we're mm-hmm. talking right now, the Broncos. Sure. have already won free agency with yeah. the moves they made. But ultimately, is that the way you want to go about trying to fix your football yeah. team, especially if you are trying to to win right now and Sean Payton strikes us as a, a win-now type of coach? You're, you you got really a right. year to try to fix Russell Wilson, so they're in a win-now yeah. mode. I think I think one of the big I think one of the big things or big issues that you get into is um you know, how do you build a football team? How do you construct a football team? And most people would tell you you've got to do it through the draft, right? You've got to have enough draft capital to make draft picks, to have guys pan out. And and the biggest the biggest deal about the draft is salary certainty. When you draft guys and they're on rookie contracts, you don't have to pay them. For, you know, the guys that drafted after the first round, it's a it's a four year contract. And guys in the draft in the in the first round get the fifth year option, right? But the bottom line is it gives you some salary structure and salary certainty. Now, when you've given away all your draft picks because Sean Payton required a first pick, a first round pick to get him, and then Russell Wilson a couple first round picks, when you've given all that away, then you got to go to patching holes, and that's just a different tool in your tool belt to go out and get free agency or go out and, and get free agents. You have to know what you're getting. There's a reason they become free agents, right? Because the contract that they're going to get, they're going to get a contract that's probably bigger than the one the team that that they play for is willing to give them because you overpay in free agency. <clears throat> so most of the time when you win free agency, um, again, it's like what we said with the Chicago Bears, right? You, you win free agency doesn't necessarily mean that you're winning in the regular season. But I love the, the approach the Broncos took in that they're building their team from the inside out. 
they said, hey, man, our offensive line has not been good enough. They have not had a, a, a right tackle probably in a decade that mm-hmm. has panned out, and they've gone through a bunch of Stevenson, Minalik Watson. They, I mean, you, you – Juwan James. Juwan James. They went yeah. through right tackle after right tackle after right tackle, Billy Turner. None of them, zero, have panned out. So they went out and got themselves Mike McGlinchey. Mike McGlinchey's a damn good player. Now, you know – has he struggled in pass protection in certain situations? He's a big, tall land giant. He's about six foot eight, six foot nine. He gets a little high at times. He has excellent technique. He's been coached exceptionally well from his Notre Dame days into his San Francisco days. But, you know, he'll get a little high, a little high in the hips, and he'll give up pressures, and he'll give up a few sacks every now and again. But the guy plays exceptionally hard. He runs hard. He, he's a good run blocker. Like, he's a really good player. And then they got Ben Powers as well, another guy that's a line of scrimmage dude that will take on that line of scrimmage. And I think one of the things you have to understand, when you have a five foot ten quarterback, the, the one thing you do, and, and you live in a three-step and five-step drop environment in today's NFL, it's simply because the the routes are quick. It's underneath throws. It's move the ball. It's you know quote unquote. This is bullshit, but extension of the running game. I, I get the concept, but it's not real extension of the running game. You don't wear anybody out throwing a swing pass, right? You don't. Okay, but I digress because it <laughs> irritates me. But um, but that's that's the world we live in. So. When you live in that world and your quarterback ain't 6'4", what ends up happening is if he's taking a five-step drop and that five-step drop, the first read in that five-step drop is not there, what do you do? You hitch up, right? Because that's the timing of the route. And if you've ever listened to anybody coach the West Coast offense, they'll talk about throwing the ball with your feet. So each hitch is the next read in your progression. And the routes time up to the hitches. So the first read in your progression, if it's a five-step drop, is bump, 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 right? And then it's, you're triggered, boom, let go of the ball. That one's covered, then it's, you hitch up, the next route. So whatever that is. So if you're running curl flat, right? If you're running curl flat, it's da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Flat's covered, hitch up, boom, throw the curl. If you're running curl burst, which is a flat with a curl, and then the running back out, in a burst, right? Then it's da 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 da. The flats covered, da da. The curls covered, da da. Boom. Well, you're climbing the pocket, right? You're hitching up in the pocket, and when you hitch up in the pocket, if your offensive line, especially guard center guard, is giving up ground, if you're five foot ten, you know what you can't see? You're you're like this. This is the offensive line. You're like this, peeking over, and you lose all that inner underneath stuff. You lose those guys. You can't see them anymore. So now you got to scramble around. So if you can get a guy, and I always talk about this with with teams that I consult with, I think my number one, my my like my number one priority when it comes to pass protection is take the passive out of pass protection. So I want to give you tools to attack the line of scrimmage to make sure that whoop, we stop it right there. So when you hitch up, I haven't given up a bunch of ground. I've taken the, the fight on the line of scrimmage. So when you hitch up, you can still see, especially if you're a five foot ten quarterback like Russell Wilson. And so that's that's where that becomes very important. Wilson Wilson is one of the more captivating, compelling figures for this upcoming season because he was so shockingly bad last year that it's it's a great debate to have. Is this a guy who literally fell off the cliff right. and is done? 
Or is this a guy that can easily be salvaged by Sean Payton and do these moves help him do it? Right. I, and, and that's, I mean, there's what we're going to figure out, right? Are you, are you more concerned about being a celebrity quarterback or a quarterback? Are you more concerned about, you know, putting up numbers or winning games? Because, like, I've had multiple meetings and multiple opportunities to talk to Russell Wilson, who's who's told me point blank, I want to be the winningest quarterback in NFL history. Well, um, then you need to get rid of the people that that pollute your mind with let Russ cook, and you need to get into what does Russ do well and what helps our football team win. Like the whole mantra of Russ, let Russ cook. When you when you really break it down, it's basically as selfish as anything out there. When you think about you think about not hey let our team win or let's do what we is required to to be great and let's do what's required to to accentuate everybody on our offense and on our defense is to let Russ cook. Meaning hey we just want that dude to be the star. Well, is is it that or it's just giving him more responsibility? Nobody has a problem in Kansas City with letting Patrick Mahomes cook or letting Josh Allen right. cook. Because because those guys can. Well, you would think, based on the nine, ten years that Russell Wilson had in Seattle and the numbers he put up and the winning that they had, that maybe there was a thought that he could do more like those other quarterbacks. From from his camp, yes. Yes. Not from the camp that coached him. And they ended up being right. But you can maybe understand, can't you, why Russ maybe thought that he could do all those things. Now, he certainly learned the hard way this past year, but at least you could think why he thought he could do all that. Yeah, well, I mean, that would be— I was throwing 40 touchdown passes a couple yeah, years ago. Yeah, that would then that would be your coaching staff. Like, I know the coaching staff would, would basically tell him, no, we don't. this is not what we do or this is not what you do. And— He's saying no, but I could do that. Like I want to do that. I want, and they're saying based upon the film that you put out there, and based upon what we know about you through, we don't think you can. Regardless, the bottom line is for for Russ is is the Broncos are building their football team, and, and this just goes to show you where the Broncos sit right now. The Broncos, if Russ doesn't work out, they'll move on from Russ. They just spent two hundred million dollars. They spent one hundred thirty million dollars cash yesterday, the first day of free agency. Mm-hmm. There were, this is either you play the style with which we're going to coach you to play and you be successful or we're moving on. And this is not like they got a, you know, a 35. This is not like they went out and signed Jason Peters at 41 to play left tackle for a year, right? This is 26 years old, 28 years old, 25 years old. This, these are guys that are, that are starting to enter the prime of their careers that they signed three, four-year deals to. This is basically saying, hey, Russ, we need to build a better football team, and we're going to build that around you. But if you can't perform, we will move in a heartbeat. I think that's the Jared Stidham thing. I think off, yeah, they signed Jared Stidham to a two-year, $10 million contract. I think one of the things you do is you go back into all the guys you've evaluated and say, man, we really like this kid coming out, and we think this kid's got potential. And we saw what he did last year. You know, a start against the 49ers for the Raiders where he threw three touchdowns and he was absolutely throwing – I mean, he was just absolutely throwing dime pieces all over the place. Um, like, that's a guy that that maybe we can continue to develop, and if Russ doesn't work out, maybe we turn to that guy. Like, maybe that guy becomes – he's. by the way, he's handsome. 
don't know if you've taken a good gander. Is he Garoppolo-esque? Well, it's, it's Garoppolo is right now and is a now that Brady's retired, Garoppolo <laughs> is in a category unto himself. <laughs> but Stidham. Stidham? Stidham yeah. is Stidham yeah. is handsome. And that, that seems to be very important to you. <laughs> you, okay, you, you you put me, a lot of stock into that, it right. seems like. Tell me one super handsome quarterback that hasn't been really good. Oh. Oh, now you're going to have to make me uh, think about it. Mark Sanchez? Although he had some success. He had some success. Aaron Rodgers. Is it? Is it obvious? Is this going to happen? Alan, oh, I thought you were thinking. No, no, I, 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 no, no, I, no, I, 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 I was thinking of everybody you, out there, and moved, I wanted to move on, on quickly. Move okay. on from handsome. Yes. I was just trying to think. Like Joe Montana, would you consider him super handsome? Uh, very, very good. <laughs> See, this is this happens a lot on our I'm radio just, show. People, we get caught in the weeds here by Mark, and um, I try just, to bring it all back. The, arguably, the most handsome quarterback ever to live. Tom Brady, seven Super Bowls, <laughs> been to ten. I don't know. It's something to think about. Yeah, something it to think something about, but to not, think about. but not for long. Right. Uh, Aaron Rodgers to the, to the Jets. It just seems like it it's going to happen, uh, right? Yes. Now, Alan Lazard gets mm-hmm. gets gets signed there as well. I mean, right. it just feels like they're greasing the skins, right? It greasing yeah, it the does. skins with uh, yeah. uh, ghee butter. Yes, right. Right. <laughs> they get the skins greased with ghee butter. Uh, <laughs> Aaron's butt crack. <laughs> uh, no, it, it it doesn't. It does definitely feel. Uh, it does definitely. Jeez, <laughs> what is this duck butter? Oh, <laughs> I got a little man. leak. Uh, yeah, it definitely feels like Aaron's going to the Jets. Yeah, I already started in on Packer fan. By the way, yes, boy, Dude. folks. If if you want a great entertainment if you like you you got time to kill you have your phone just bury yourself into mark schler's twitter timeline with packer fans oh my gosh it's been because you know packer fan you know you you, you make one statement about aaron Rodgers coming to the broncos <laughs> three years ago yeah, and then all of a sudden all the packer fans you know are on me and so uh oh it's been it's been good clean fun just going after packer fans. Cl- good clean fun yeah how many followers have you lost <laughs> Oh, I don't know. Close to a thousand people quit following me. <laughs> so That's okay. clearly it was all in good fun for them as well, right? Yeah, right. yeah exactly. Well, they weren't you know, bothered by it at here, all. Here's the problem: you get a bunch of people on social media. It's like social media to me is a lot like being in the locker room. Except with a bunch of people who never played who think they played. Like that's that's the difference, right? Yes. And so when you spent your entire kind of adult life in a locker room, what happens? You you learn to play that game. Yes. You learn to kill or be killed. Right. You learn to get after people a little bit. And so, um, you know, I get after some some fans that uh, tend to get a little bit hurt feeling. Like their feelings get a little bit hurt. Like this is they, this big boy. Like come in if you dare. Well, we got a lot more stuff that's going to happen this week, oh and we'll gosh. be back later in the week to uh, to recap yeah, all of it. it. It is all good. Always fun. Free agency is always fun. Yeah. Leads you right into the draft. The uh, the NFL is a 365, 24-hour day, 365 uh, day a year beast that has to be fed uh, that, constantly. You, you stole that from me, you know. That is, is that's that my line right okay. there. Well, if so you at least look, give me credit. If you look Once. at the fine, if you look at the fine print of the contract, yeah, I know. You are my intellectual property. But so usually, at least you, the first time, you give me credit. 
I may have said that to somebody okay. passing and gave you credit, as far as you know. All right, so now it's yours? It, 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 I, it, it came out of my mouth. It seems like it's mine. <laughs> All right. All right. Hey, for everybody involved in the Sink He's Truth so Podcast. Wise. He's yes. so wise. Such a sage. Uh, for everybody involved in the Sink and Truth Podcast, we appreciate you guys listening. Uh, thank you so much. And free agency continues to roll on. We'll be back with you later on in the week.